0: Yo! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, where we've actually got, I've just literally just looked at the clock now, this wasn't planned, I promise, so I'm looking at the clock and I've just realised we have passed our fourth birthday, I think it was the 12th of February, I think it was the 12th of February, so I think we might have passed our fourth birthday but anyway happy fourth birthday to us uh, and thank you for joining us whether you're tuning in live on LinkedIn or YouTube or Twitter I think it's even gone to it now and Twitch and all kinds of different places or whether you're tuning in the podcast if you've been here from the very beginning thank you so much for sticking around and for coming with me on this journey it's been absolutely immense uh, two companies who are with us on this journey and have been on this journey since the start of the year and Deepgram even before that to be honest is Deepgram and Symbol AI they're presenting sponsors of VUX World. Deepgram is industry-leading speech recognition Companies all over the world use Deepgram to power their conversational AI, voice assistants, uh, you know, transcriptions in call centers, a whole bunch of other uh, speech recognition capabilities and requirements. Uh, Deepgram are fulfilling very, very well. So, if you are in the market for some speech recognition for your conversational AI application, maybe you're a company building, you know, these kind of platforms and tools, and you need a reliable speech recognition engine, an engine that you can tune to your specific use cases and your specific domains. That's where Deepgram really stands out. It has got immense accuracy. It is incredibly. Cost effective. And uh, yeah, they will even do a benchmark and benchmark you, uh, them basically against some of the big guns, if you like. And the accuracy is, is incredible. So do check out deepgram.com forward slash VUX world uh, for more information. And also, our second presenting sponsor is Symbol AI. Now, Symbol AI is a conversational intelligence platform and it is immensely, immensely powerful. I can't even describe how powerful it is. Essentially, either side of a conversation you might have with a bot, and including conversations that you might have with humans, there is all kinds of data held within those conversations. Think about things like when you have uh, meetings with colleagues, taking that transcript, assigning summaries of the meeting and assigning actions to different individuals. You can do that with Symbol AI technology. Things like listening into calls and profiling things like average call length, how, uh, diarization of speakers, who's talking when, a bit like what Otter can do um, and, and uh, Descript and things like that. This is the raw technology underneath that you can apply in any use case whatsoever. Um, and so literally you can see how easy it is to set up powerful call coaching, you know, agent assist kind of use cases you can build with Symbol AI uh, and call tracking functionality and a whole bunch of other stuff. It is absolutely immensely impressive. Uh, it's customizable conversational intelligence is uh, is what you can call it. Uh, from calls to videos, text conversations, literally contextual, best in class contextual AI and you can start for free at symbol.ai. That's S-Y-M-B-L dot A-I for those of you listening on the podcast. S-Y-M-B-L dot A-I. AI. The power is unbelievable. You can get to data that you didn't even realize existed and you can use that to power and fuel your business. It's absolutely immense. So do check that out. Thank you to both DeepGram and Symbol AI for presenting Vibox World on what I'm going to call our fourth anniversary episode. And to commemorate our fourth anniversary episode, I am delighted to welcome our guest for today, Bobby Bryan, the CEO and founder of DOS. And we're going to get deep into what DOS is, how it works and all of that kind of stuff. But Bobby, welcome to the show. And thank you for making our fourth year anniversary so special with yourself
1: hey thank you so much uh, for having me It's an honor sir, S- sincerely
0: Yeah, nice one I appreciate it I appreciate it So well I thought I thought four years was a long time to be to be at this kind of stuff but uh DOS you've been working on DOS since 2017? Yes. Well, before, well, longer than four years. Tell us, first. well, firstly, let's start with yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself first, and we'll get into we'll DOS afterwards. So, you have a lot of background in, in real estate and that kind of stuff. Tell us about yourself and how conversational they are and voice, and that kind of became a part of your life.
1: Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, my background uh, is, is education, two master degrees in education before I turned 30. Um, um, you know, touched each uh, vertical uh, of the real estate industry from, I entered in the mortgage side of the fence, uh, transitioned to where I owned the real estate school, um, uh, and, and then 2008 happened and uh, the recession here in the States, um, and and I took a year off. I, I really wanted to understand, you know, where is the future of real estate going? Um, you know, I being a bit of a nerd, I, I wanted to go back and understand previous recessions uh, in the 80s. You know, how did that impact people? You know, what did it, how did it change their characteristics and behaviors uh, uh, consumer wise? And what did they expect? Did it catapult technology for it? Like it did, you know, our experience with, you know, uh, the pandemic, all of these things I really wanted to understand. So I literally took a year off, went to my own little personal laboratory and and came back out of it uh, wanting to. Uh, get on the real estate sales side of things with a business model that was more progressive uh, than, than the one that, you know, that has existed for the last hundred years, believing that things could be different. They should be different than how they've been. Uh, um, and then fast speed forward to 2011. And, and again, being, being a nerd and watching Jeopardy and I saw this technology that none of us heard of before called ibm watson being silly <laughs> and uh uh and i was like wow as it played the two winningest players in jeopardy history and won the one million dollar prize a few minutes months later and what a lot of people don't know is uh you know when apple acquired siri and then introduced it to all of us first time in a mobile you know smart you know phone device, That was the last demo that Steve Jobs had ever seen before he died.
0: Very true, actually, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. The very last demo was a conversational AI called Siri. But when I saw that, that's when it, you know, the light bulb went off for me and I said, wow, what if I could use my mobile device 24 seven and be able to ask any question about any property in the country or the world for that matter? to get accurate, easy, and instant answers, you, you know? And, and, and a, because human-wise, we, we just don't have the
0: capacity
1: to know everything about everything on the same street, not even talking about neighborhood or <laughs> subdivision for that matter. And so you're right, leading up to that, that's when we we started. I wanted to read everything I could find, uh, um, you know, about conversational AI. And, and, and probably still to this day, one of the best books I've ever read was, you know, by Henry Cressel and Norman Wynarski, which is if you really want to change the world. And they talked about that journey. And, and, and that's what started me along you know uh, this path. And we did, we launched MVP in 2017 and learned a whole lot. I mean, we're talking about in some ways, this was before Google Assistant, Amazon Alexa was still a baby. And, and so we had to learn a lot because everything was so new. Siri was still new. Only 40, 50% of people who had smartphones uh, could, could use, you know, uh, I mean, or had Apple, you know, could use that. You know, the other half of the country or the world has an Android and Android just wasn't there yet. So it was a lot of trial and error trying to understand because we were way, way early uh, in development and, um it, it took a lot of iterations to get more
0: red today. Mm. We will definitely get into what you learned there because that's a really early point in time, as you mentioned, when I seen a really good thing on LinkedIn the other day. I don't know whether you saw it, but it had like uh, smartphone market share. And it was just this disc of a pie chart and it kind of was in real time moving and adjusting to the growth of, of market share over time. And you saw Apple kind of enter the market in 2007 and slowly creep up. And then at 2011, the market share just goes whoo, exactly. And it just starts maximizing. So you kind of were involved in it, you know, creating this sort of like assistant for Apple or whatever it might be or, or riding that kind of like Siri wave right when Apple itself was – growing and developing, sort of technology is fairly new, Amazon Alexa didn't come out until a number of years later, um, yeah. so yeah, we we'll are definitely get into that journey, I'm really interested in that, but before we do, for a couple of people, uh, well, we'll go, we've got uh, Tara saying there's no pressure, because this is the fourth year anniversary, <laughs> so no pressure on uh, on making right. this special, uh, Patrick O'Malley is saying congrats, thank you very much, Patrick, uh, and a nice compliment for you, Bobby, you're the best, Bobby, from Janice Mandel. So thank for those listening on the podcast, and for those tuning in that may not be aware of DOS, before we get into the history and we get into those learnings from the MVP and the journey up to today, I'm wondering whether you can kind of explain to someone who's never heard of it before what it is and what it does.
1: Yeah, so DOS is a voice-activated, um, you know, digital real estate assistant. You know, um, a technology that wants to empower a user. Um, To be able to deep dive and and we wanted to create a recommendation engine, a task engine, a do engine, a search engine that actually save people time and money uh, for all things home. You know, to be able to, um, you know, better than any portal platform search engine in real estate, um, help people quickly find their home especially in today where there's a shortage. Your, your biggest competitor is another buyer. Who's going to find that house the fastest, uh, um, have more features that they could you know, speak? Um, and then once you find that home, we want to be there obviously before, during, and after you purchase the property. So even when we start talking about things like taking care of the property, hey, you know what? I need a roofer. Can you, Dawes, can you send somebody here uh, instant connections? Can you send somebody here to... Um, you know, fix this water leak, my water heater, you know, I want to get quotes on installing wood floors. And so we want to take, uh, uh, you know, voice and, and with the home and be able to, you know, address address the entire experience. And that's what we've uh, decided to build. In addition to, you know, if you can sleep in it, we want you to be able to, you know, uh, you know, have that data on our platform from hotels, uh, uh, it, it shouldn't just be just homes, you know. I'm, you know, I'm in Las Vegas, and I want to rent a room, and I want something below six hundred dollars a night with these amenities, these features. Our Our objective is, is all things home, all things, you, you know, uh, lodging, you, you know, uh, that we can make easier for the consumer at the edge of their voice.
0: Mm. And do you would you say then that the aim for Dos is to be because at the moment, it's like a standalone platform, isn't it? You go to whatever the website is. dos. dot com, Something like that?
1: AskDOS.com.
0: AskDOS.com, yeah. So you go there. So is that your ultimate aim, is to grow this property? Or do you see this also having potential to kind of be a layer, an interface layer into something like Airbnb or Booking.com or something like that?
1: So what we are uh, uh, – it'll be its own. It'll be yeah. its own standalone um, that – um, eventually we, we will have some of those, you know, um, you know, properties with, within DOS. We, we're having some conversations right now around that. And, and so in order to be to expand that, because that that's a certain segment of people that's looking for, you, you know, um, to, to, to be domestic, whether they stay overnight. Uh, um, a lot of times I like that. When I've traveled out of the country, I don't want to stay in a hotel. I want to be very domestic. And so if I know DOS and I understand the results and the experience that I'm going to get, short-term uh, you know housing lodging whatever that may be but yeah it would be DOS as a standalone uh, platform
0: mm-hmm. interesting um, and is it is it web predominantly uh, mobile like what's the where, where do people currently use it is it through the website is it through, through an app like what's the you, you know we, we've been
1: We've been fortunate, uh, uh, oh my gosh, anybody out here in developer world uh, knows the pains of, of, of trying to get an app approved through Apple uh, today. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's a, it was a task, but, but we're, we're in both uh, um, app stores nice. um, um, and, and we're also web-based. And, and when we look at our analytics, majority uh, of the people are searching via mobile, uh, which, which we expected, which we expected.
0: Yeah, interesting. That's, that's cool. So it's this kind of like one-stop shop voice capability kind of like assistant that is there to help you find a roof over your head, I suppose, not necessarily a home as well as hotels and places to stay and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think when we very first spoke... It was a long time ago. You'd obviously been at it for a little while. You had a, you had some decent demos going. I don't know whether things were in production and all that kind of stuff. But what stage is it at now? Is it if, if the app's alive in the app store, it must be production ready, out there in the world, all that kind of stuff? Yeah,
1: exactly. It's out there. Uh, um, um, so please, you know, download the app, uh, uh, give it a test drive. Uh, ho- however, it, 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 we, we have the data um, primarily for Texas. Uh, right now. Um, By the end of the year, you know, we, we will have, you know, nationwide data Uh, by the summer. um, Anybody in the world will be able to, um, you know, upload properties directly to DOS um, and, and be able to, if they want to sell a property or rent a property and that rental could be short term, long term. Right. And, And so you'll be able to upload and take advantage you know, of the voice capabilities of DOS uh, here. And that should happen by the by the end of the summer. But but when we start talking about uh, the way it works in the States here for uh, um, the national or the MLS, you know, all of that data, and they average normally about a million properties for sale uh, more than way more than that for rent um, at, at any given time. And, and so, yeah, we, uh, we're excited. We're excited about it. We, we, the amount of data that we have, um, which is what you need in something like this, right? You, you uh, from, from everything that artificial intelligence has to offer, you, you know, uh, and being able to extract this data to give the, the customer, the user a much better experience. And, 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 you know, none of us really in today's era want to sit here and, uh, unless we're just in a leisurely shopping, want to look at a million pictures in a sitting, but most people just want to find what they're looking for. I'm in now now mode, right? You know, yeah. I want what I want when I want it. That that's kind of what we're dealing with this era of millennials and Gen Z. I don't want to waste all this time. Just give me what I want when I want it. And what are those, what are those super apps or tools, you know, that exists that will do that in one place. I don't want to have to go to 15 different apps. So we, yeah. we want to, we, we want to serve, you know, all things real estate and be able to, uh, uh, have the data that empowers them to deep dive into not only the property, which is a big thing that we're doing at DOS, but also the surroundings. Can you think mm. about it? You think of an area you want to live, and then you find a house in it. Yeah. The way all the current our competitors exist today is is that they're giving people a search engine for properties. Mm. I, I wanna you you could. Give me this beautiful mansion in the most horrible part of town. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want to live there. You know what? I want to find this property near the beach. I'm looking for something near uh, um, uh, a vibrant area. I, I want to be near, you know, uh, custom coffee shops. You know, I want to be able to talk the way humans talk mm. when I'm searching, not all these button, buttons and, and stuff that I have to click and tap via these graphical user interfaces. And I know that's going into a whole nother direction, but yeah, we we really, really want to meet people at their individual point of need. Make make data more humanistic. And and that's mm-hmm. that's been our objective in our development.
0: Interesting. You're right, like I've I've kind of like I'm I'm a I'm a kind of like fan of property anyway. But I, I, so I'm generally always looking at what's out there and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but generally, we kind of move. I suppose we move quite a lot more than mm-hmm. maybe ever. So we have like we had a flat down in, in, in down south. We we did did that up, made it nice, sold it on, got a nice house. Well, it wasn't a nice house when we bought it, but we did that up, sold that on. Now we're kind of looking for another place. So. I'm always all the time for the last sort of six years, I've been at least once a week, maybe more just checking in on house prices, checking in on different kind of areas and that. And um, one of the things, the first thing I do when I found an area that I'm, that I'm looking to either buy something in is I will, when I find a property, I will immediately scroll down to the map or I, I will start out with a map based search. And so you know, and I, and that's not like for me, that should be the primary interface, arguably, for the for the for the graphical user interface. Like, where is it? You know, um, and so sometimes you'll see a nice house, you'll scroll down, you look at where it is on the map and you think, well, I'm not even going to consider it because it's in a completely wrong place. You know, so it's interesting how you've kind of expanded the kind of criteria beyond the property, because I know I know just from personal experience that the location is the most important thing first and then the property comes after.
1: It, it is. And you know what's interesting about it, right? You know, like even even recently, uh, um, you know, I got a gift from Google themselves. We, we're, we're working, you know, closely with Google right now. And, you, you know, when I first set up my, my assistant, you, you know what it did? It, it, it actually, uh, uh, it wanted to know, you know, all the important things to me. You know, my mom, mm. my job, right? Uh, I could, you know, and put these addresses in. You know, it's similar things, again, that we want. We, we're, we're very habitual creatures, right? And this is the thing. We have to really, really, in, in the art of developing the ideal assistant, we have to really understand the psychology and sociology of human humans. It, you know, and that's, that's my, my undergraduate studies is, is psychology, counseling, so, you know, sociology. And you, when you really start understanding, and I want to be in a search that way, Mm. Hey, f- find me a property that's within a ten mile radius of my job. But, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, that that is five miles. You, you know, um, from my mom because that's my support system. That's gonna, you know, help me with the kids. Mm. Right? There are things that we want to do when we're searching for properties that that makes real estate such a beautiful and ideal use case. You know, for conversational AI, and and, and we've known that. And I've been building towards towards that.
0: Mm, Interesting. Got a uh, quote from uh, Healy Healy Hines. I want to say it Uh, from uh, saying uh, to quote a friend: "Database or die." It wouldn't happen to be your friend, that would it, Bobby?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Healy, how you doing, guy? Uh, (laughs) Healy's a great guy, building some great solutions himself over there in Ireland. Uh, uh, But yeah, yeah. Data database. Uh, or die. And and the question is, is how can we better mobilize that data? Right. And, and and again, when we start talking about conversational intelligence, uh, artificial intelligence, what, what better method, right. To mobilize big data, right. And and even in the most efficient and effective way. And, and, and even, even helping artificial intelligence that we use loosely as a buzzword, but being able to really, Empower artificial intelligence to mm. to to use it to uh um you know help it help us. I, I think of some of the tech that we're using, and I think when people say artificial intelligence, they use it loosely, not mm. really understanding like, what exactly are you talking about? What what aspects of AI? And, and so we we I, I have some guys on my team that are way way smarter than me. You, you know I'm the you know I'm the founder visionary. You, you know along with my co-founder Chris Norton. Um, that, that, you know, really has to look at what we're creating and, 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 try to give some direction to our tech team in terms of what people want, what mm-hmm. they really want. And, and even with that, you know, trying to, uh, have the research to understand, do people really want to talk to an assistant to find their home, you know, or, you know, why not? And we did determine that that was the case, uh, um. But because it's, it's a game of uh, it's, it's, it's stressful. It's, and if I can have something to talk to that will engage me um, and, and keep me in the loop in a way maybe a human doesn't have that capacity uh, is more efficient in that search that will engage me. And then when I'm ready for the human engagement, then it hands me off. And, and so all of that, I think when we start talking about conversational AI, we, we, we have to think about our use case and what problems we're trying to solve specifically.
0: Mm. interesting I'd be curious about what the value proposition because it sounds as though dos has got um one one element of value proposition is the conversational part being able to ask a questions being able to speak your own language, but then the other part is the data and being able to narrow down searches based on data that, you, that isn't available on other platforms and then combining the data that you're receiving from the conversations themselves you might ask people asking you questions that are search criteria or needs that no other platform will be able to identify because of the natural language interface so i'm curious about your perspectives on what your thoughts of dos's value proposition is is it that it is a natural language interface that is the value proposition? Or is it the use of data to create a more relevant customer experience that is the value proposition?
1: You know what, I really appreciate that question. It's a great one. You you know what, Kane? in a a few years, um, natural language processing and understanding Conversational artificial intelligence. If everybody isn't already thinking of that, right? You know, you have to start thinking like that today. You know, what does that look like? Yeah, is it still early? And we started four or five years ago, which we started this conversation saying that. One day, it's the, let's just be very clear that it's the next paradigm shift. I believe that. Like, our the natural interface is going to be Conversational artificial intelligence. No matter how we feel or what we think, I mean, just go back to Brian Gumbo being on, uh, 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 you know, talking about the internet. Like, have you, did you see this at sign? If you remember that, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: right? And, and nobody believed it. Oh, it's a fad. This, that, and the other. That's not the case with this vertical. So I have to answer that first. That one day, soon, is that everybody. It, it won't be a unique value proposition. What's going to make DOS different is, is that we're domain specific and our business model, see probably different for, from a lot of other uh, entities that are creating a solution for entities, for companies. We're developing this for ourselves. We're developing mm-hmm. it as a consumer facing product. And so we're, we're going there because we understand via the team and experience what they need and want. And, and so I, I just believe that one day here soon that everybody is going to, this is going to be the, the interface and, and, and your only differentiator can't be voice.
0: Mm.
1: How does voice complement your business model? How does it make things more efficient? And within that efficiency, hopefully making people's lives easier, then maybe because exactly what one of DOS value propositions is, is, is that we're also able to reduce the cost to transact real estate. You know, real estate is a very expensive business. And, and, and to buy into sale, how can we better automate it with voice and conversational AI? How can we better streamline the experience? And by doing that, we're able to reduce the cost. See, so our value proposition—it isn't just you, you know a voice in a natural language. We know that one day this will be the interface. But what is our business model that adds and creates way more value uh, uh, than 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 easy, than speed, than saving time, right? And, and that's our focus because we understand that today we have to create value that's above and beyond. Just what the shiny object appears to be, which is conversational AI and voice, we're more
0: than that. Mm, nice, that was very well put. Um, on the business model side, and I definitely want to get into some of the learnings you had from building it, because I think there'll be a lot of people listening who uh, will take some definite learnings from from this. Well, I'm, bit, I'm curious about the fact that you know you're building a company utilizing this technology which is which is unique compared to some of the other conversations we've had on the podcast we speak to a lot of companies that have implemented tools for the business we speak to a lot of uh technology companies that are building technologies uh, don't tend to speak to that many companies that are using the technology itself as part of a product offering yes. so it's quite unique in that in that respect um i'm sure we have i can't think of any off the top of my head but i'm sure we have but but regardless the the business model side of things we had a conversation with mike zagorsek from soundhound a while back and the conversation was all about how voice ai is disrupting certain industries because the interface although maybe long term is not a value proposition or, or a differentiator it certainly enables some of the things that you've been discussing so far, which is streamlining customer interactions, decreasing the time it takes to get to where you want to be, and that coupled with a unique value proposition from the business point of view is a a disruptive kind of model. So I'm curious about where, like, what the business model is for DOS and and the revenue streams that that you're looking for. Is it that you charge people for listings? Is it that you take commission from sales? Like, I know those are kind of like typical, like, estate agent sort of models and stuff like that. I was wondering whether, like, you can... a light on what the current sort of business model is?
1: Yeah, another great question. So, so um, what we wanted to do at DOS uh, very early on was to create like this this marketplace. It's a marketplace. And we, we had to go and look at some of the other companies that, that you know, that we believe to some degree got it right. What, what do I mean by that? Like, when you look at some of the big players in our industry or some of our competitors, we're fundamentally different in the way we do business. People may think on the surface that we're the same, but the reality is we're fundamentally different. The Our, our, our largest competitors, not only in the States, because we expect and plan to go, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, throughout the country, I mean, excuse me, around the world, you know, in other countries. And so, what I'm saying by that is, majority of the biggest players, they're advertising media companies. Mm. That's their business model, and they tend to sell leads to estate agents and realtors, which is what we call them here in the United States. And and so, we wanted to look at models like Uber and and, and Amazon and Airbnb. Let let's, let's talk about that, right, real quick and. Mm-hmm. Uber doesn't sell leads to taxi cabs. <laughs> Airbnb doesn't sell leads to hotels. And and, and, Airbnb, and uh, Amazon doesn't point back to Sears. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or Montgomery Wards. <laughs> these companies, these
0: mega billion dollar companies participate in the revenue industry. I mean, the revenue of these industries, that, that's,
1: that's how they make money. We want to get into the game of the industry. And so when you look at just in the States, real estate commissions is a hundred billion dollar industry. Wow. The leading competitors we have here in the United States are, are functioning in a $10 billion, you know, uh, again, advertising and media business. We want to participate in the commission and the revenue of the industry. Like I talked about these other companies. And, and so, uh um that's what makes us unique so we on one hand empower the consumer to search for free use our platform ask all the questions and when they're ready on the other side we have realtors again it's a marketplace chicken and egg right and then so what we do is is we connect to and by connecting to and and then dropping into our proprietary you know uh technology and, 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 and customer relationship management system uh that's how we track the deal and when it closes, we earn a portion of that commission, of that hundred billion dollar, uh, uh, of the eight hundred billion dollar uh, home servicing industry, of the two point three trillion dollar mortgage industry, because they can ask all of these questions, mm. and so we we, we position ourselves uh, 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 in some mega industries, right? All. That falls under prop tech and and the the real estate industry, and that's the reason why we're domain specific. The real estate industry is the largest asset class in the world. Mm. Why not? And this use case is so ideal.
0: Interesting, it is as well, and it's where everybody puts their money. Exactly. Per- personal people that that don't kind of you know maybe it's not at a level where they can invest in property, but they just want somewhere to live. They put their money in property, and then when you get to a point where you do have excess capital one of the best places to put it as history is always shown is in property. And so it's exactly. where all of the actual money flows basically, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And so, how,
1: so with that, how do you help people better find properties? How do you help them better manage properties? How do you help them better get financing for the properties? So again, before, during, and, and after, and when they get ready to sell it again. And, and so you create this loop, you create this, 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 uh, assistant, this domain-specific assistant that actually is always there. And, and, and its desire is to never mislead you. It is to give you an industry standard, high, you know, quality experience, service, and, and, and not hand you off to other individuals, professionals, companies whose value proposition may not align with, with, with yours, so, yes, we do actually have a brokerage. We do have a mortgage company. We do have home warranty. We do have insurance all up under the DOS umbrella that, that that are all aligned, right? And and because we have these different, you know, companies that are all aligned and we just don't have just a real estate company or just a mortgage company, we don't have to, per se, try to charge the client the the most for that service because yeah. we're making money along the entire different you, you know food chain we can give them the best price and the best service mm. that's the value proposition
0: yeah and it saves them dealing with a bunch of different companies and losing the connection and consistency and continuity and stuff. Have, have wow. you, I'm, I don't even actually know how the real estate market works in in the UK, but in uh, sorry, in the US, but in the UK, I think that's definitely different to the UK, but in the UK, essentially, you have estate agents which are private entities that essentially have their marketing budget goes towards finding people that want to sell houses. People that want to sell the house, go to the, the estate agent and say, I want to sell my house with you. The estate agent takes the pictures, lists it, puts it online, takes a commission from the sale. They don't have solicitors, but they have relationships. So they'll recommend one kind of thing. But then you've got solicitors, which is a totally separate entity that does all the legal stuff. Then you've got mortgage lenders, separate entity again. And then you've got brokers and stuff like that around it and that. Um, But then what's happened over the last sort of decade or two is that you've got websites coming up, like one's called right move. Yep. I think, is it Zilla in the U S that is it called? Zillow in
1: the U S Zillow, realtor.com redfin are are the big players here in the United States.
0: Yeah. So are they the same where essentially estate agents will publish their properties on those websites? Is that what it is?
1: Well, so again, you're right. Totally different here in the States versus the UK. Right. And and so, here in the United States, we have what we call the multiple listing service, MLS. And so uh, our, our company, DOS, uh, uh, Zillow, Realtor.com, uh, Redfin, all subscribe to that MLS. So in other words, the MLS collects all of these uh, um, uh, properties and they give them to us in one feed. Right. Whereas in the UK, you pay a monthly subscription like a utility bill, like, like we call it here in the United States. Hmm. So, so The way it works in the UK is is that each entity pays a monthly subscription to have permission to upload their properties to that site because everybody's looking at it. Mm -hmm. A lot different, but actually I think what's happening in the United States, you you know, it's interesting to see this hybrid between the UK, uh, other countries, New Zealand and the United States, Canada, that is, is different. And I think everybody is respectively watching each other and, and trying to figure out what's best for the consumer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was going to say there's a company, I know we've got some questions coming through, which I'll get to Janice and Healy. Um, I will get to those questions. Um, Cause in the UK, one of the, one of the disruptive companies is called purple bricks and yeah. another one, I think it's called Emu. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I've heard all of them. <clears throat> yeah. So what, what they essentially do is that they, They are similar to Rightmove, I suppose, or Zillow or what have you, because they still list their properties on those services, but they've also got their own services, their own website where you can search and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But what they do is rather than an estate agent, which is a private entity, Mm -hmm. you going to them and them charging commission, what they do is they go and target individual homeowners Mm -hmm. and say, if you sell your property with us, we don't charge commission. We basically just pay, pay a flat fee. It's like £900 or equivalent to be about $1,200. And if it doesn't sell in 12 months, you basically lose the money. But you can upload it yourself, upload the photos yourself, do all that kind of stuff. Off the back of that, they have like, you know, not their own mortgage companies, but they will put you in touch with people and stuff. Is that kind of the model that you're kind of going for? Is that, that DOS will essentially go out and try and find individuals to list their own property directly with DOS? Or is it more like an aggregator, like a Zillow that's taking properties from everywhere else and making the data and the search features richer or is it both?
1: Yeah. So it's a hybrid. And because we don't believe in a one size fits all approach, right? Sellers are different. No different from we are as people. We're different. You know, I have Kane Sims who may have bought and sold, you know, five houses. You may not want to function like a first time seller or a first time buyer. So let me meet you at your individual point of need. So, the, so to answer that question, um, Kane may have the desire to uh, upload and manage and save his and, and do uh, uh, his own sale, uh, go through the process. You've been through it a couple of times, you have the experience, you know what, I've watched YouTube University, I wanna kinda of take this on and, 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 and save some money. And you should have that option, you should have that choice versus the other came down the street who says, I don't have the time. I don't care to deal with it. I hate people. <laughs> <You know what> <laughs> <you> <laughs> right? And he says, you handle it and I'm willing to pay you. I believe that the future of things empowers people to decide the service that they want. Gone are days, in my opinion, that we should have this one size fits all and everybody needs to fit into this box. Hmm. That's, that's not ideal customer service in 2022 and beyond. And, and so who are you? What do you need? And what do you want? And let's take a consultative consultative approach to that. You know what? We have the videos here. It'll teach you how to do it. If you want to take a swing at it yourself, try. If it doesn't work, then we have this full service option. So our, our goal is, is in real estate has been so taboo and such a, golden curtain type of industry Mm. that is kind of dictated to people instead of facilitating what people want
0: Mm. very good very very uh yeah good observations that it's very much i mean some of the solicitors i've dealt with in the past is is so golden curtain you wouldn't believe it they don't even want to define some of the terminology that they use they don't want to tell you certain things and just like crowd themselves in jargon sometimes. Like, well, what does that actually mean? Oh, the sellers such and such and such and such. And it's like you have gotta spin it, be on the phone for 15 minutes just to try and get some sense. Like do you think I'm not educated enough to understand legal rules, laws, regulations? Just explain it to me. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it,
1: exactly. And, but that's also the epitome of self preservation, isn't
0: it? Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: allow me to overcomplicate a process. That's the epitome of self preservation. But here's what's happening all over the world you have the largest most diverse most educated generation in the history of humankind mankind the, these kids are different now they're smarter Where, whereas my generation you know my my son was born the same year that the internet was commercialized in 94 95 right and 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 so he was born that year Mm. think about gen z the oldest gen z kid is 24 right now that kid is different that kid also has to deal with millennials gen xers baby boomers It, it, it you you we have to respect the era of each of these generations and, and the chain of events that have taken place during all of our lives. It, it, a, a baby boomer can tell you the thing that happened during their lives that was like, oh my gosh, that was a big event. Same thing in my generation, same thing with millennials. And, and for these guys, it could be, or, or Gen Z, it could be, oh my gosh, the pandemic, and they made me stay at home and I couldn't see my friends at school. That's huge to these kids. <laughs> That's huge. So we have to look at these different generational differences and, and develop uh, 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 towards that, because I don't care what company you are, the foundation of your business is attempting to anticipate, anticipate consumer behavior and habits. That, that's what we're all doing right now with voice. We're, we're developing to where we think the hockey puck is going that's we're developing towards that and our goal is to get it right everybody who's watching this their goal is is to get ahead of it if you're developing for today you're already an eight track trying to put a new label on top of it (laughs) in a pandora world
0: yeah yeah that's a very good analogy that's cool. Um, I want to dive into Janice and Healy's questions. Uh, I do definitely want to kind of jump back a couple of steps and try and see if we can get some learnings from you in, in terms of your journey and building this thing. Um, so Janice is asking uh, around: How does Dusk p- protect user information and privacy, given the biometric and she said NFT. I think maybe Janice has, been, Janice has been doing a little bit of NFT work. What she, what she means in a follow up comment is information. So, how does DOS protect user information and privacy given the biometric information in voice capabilities? What's your approach to privacy and security?
1: Yeah, I, I tell you what, um, um, my, my, my co founder, Chris Norton, uh, I'm lucky to have the fellow. He's a real smart guy uh, uh, to, to have as a co founder and business partner. Um, he has a sickening belief about privacy, and so at DOS, we will never sell the consumer's information. Like um, never, it, it is not our objective. It's not our goal. And 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 I'm not going to say most importantly, but we just don't have to. Hmm. We we are entering and becoming. Such a revenue-rich model, we we don't have to make money off of selling. For one, um, when, when it comes to you know the blockchain and NFT, I, I still think in a lot of ways it's at its infancy. It' very confusing for a lot of people. Matter of fact, more specifically, still confusing for a lot of smart people. Mm. Um, I we we have that in our roadmap. I think that a lot of companies. If you you touched it earlier when we talk about how early DOS was, I don't know if a lot of people understand the oh my gosh the how hard it was to sustain and maintain ourselves for the last four to five years while we were waiting for the consumer and the technology to get better mm-hmm. Kane, okay, I'm, I'm sure we could talk about that like
0: mm.
1: h- how do you keep developing and keep going and staying lean and mean while you're waiting for people and technology to catch up mm. with the development and or the possibilities of this technology it, it, it even even i think that we have a good grasp on it it still is not there yet mm. As a collective industry, conversational AI, right? There's still a lot that we all are learning. I, I love the idea of blockchain and NFTs, and I'm also not ignorant to these technologies either. But we don't want to be so buzzworthy to the point to where, by the time its use case gains traction, you die trying to get there it's been a hell of a test staying alive in voice here to 2022 that's still in is in a lot of ways in its infancy so i'm i tend to not be a buzzword chaser i love love the possibilities of blockchain and nfts uh uh um but but what we have to do is really not put that cart before the horse let's let's solidify this technology and this potential because it's going to bleed and blend beautifully into blockchain and NFT. These worlds are going to just, when when that happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's, um, I can imagine because I, I even recall, I actually think Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant and all that kind of stuff were a little bit premature as well, Siri and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's like one of the bigger, and I I remember talking about this even four years ago at the very beginning of the podcast, it was like the technology is kind of there in part for some of the basic stuff, but what's not there is widespread consumer adoption. And then even today, you will reach limits with some technology, you know, intent-driven NLU systems. You will you will hit a limit if you're building very complex use cases, or you're even trying to build natural conversations with like multiple intent detection, or even something like sophisticated end of speech detection is is very like, uncommon, basically. So it's interesting how you know for DOS starting five years ago. When I mean, what did you even build it with five years ago? What, what was your go to position? Like, what, where did you start? Amazon Alexa had been out like three years. The SDK at that point was absolutely terrible. Um, some would argue it hasn't gotten a great deal better, but you know, what where did you start at like five years? Five years back, what was the even like, yeah, what what technology choice were you making at that time? Because the kind well, of well, we, we were fortunate.
1: Uh, at that time you know IBM Watson was at, at its infancy and, and and they really were putting a lot of weight behind Watson at that time a little bit different today, right you, you know I think everybody knows that that's not rocket science right now at this point but at that you know five years ago I mean we we were uh, uh, IBM Watson partner uh, um, uh, with Watson partner because they evolved it um, and so much so uh, it, it was a beautiful. Um, what, how can I even explain it? I think this is an international company. It was like an IKEA box of tech, tech tools. And you had to really have a team that understood how to develop and build. And and, and if they did, then you could really maximize Watson. Watson wasn't designed for this, oh, it, you know, put the key in and turn it and it'll do everything. Like everybody's trying to do today and, and and so ibm was a beautiful solution i think one of the best to be honest with you uh, uh, um, but you had to have developers um, that understood it my, my our, our two tech leads come from ibm watson and, and so having that understanding of of how to develop an understanding an intelligent assistant and and this um toolbox this treasure trove of APIs and being able to take it and train it in a custom way to your domain, I, I think where the industry as a whole was going wrong was it was it started out wide and it was trying to answer everything about everything. Mm. You know, how long does a mosquito stay pregnant? Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> a giraffe, does it eat meat or you know how many you know stars are in you know? Is this like oh, gives a shit like right you know so the thing is is can we create tools that uh, that people want to use domain specific give me an experience so our objective was to start inside and push out within a domain in out be able to answer all these questions in inside out I, I think I would love 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 to see the, the conversational AI voice community start attacking industries mm. instead of trying to create solutions and convince these industries. They don't get it. They don't get it today. And so stop and start creating it and maybe they will acquire you.
0: Mm. Yeah. there's 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 been some movements towards that. You can look at, you know, Core AI, Action AI, I think Poly AI, you know, and a couple of other companies, OneReach might even have that kind of approach where they're essentially productizing certain bots, basically, Persisto for banking, you know, like it's starting to happen, but it's still very much in its infancy.
1: Well, Uh, and the reason why is, is because a lot of the creators, right, don't have industry experience of these industries. mm -hmm. So they're creating these be-all solutions, but what has to happen is, is that these entities have to turn around and adapt it to their industry or their company, hmm. business model, method, approach, right? That That's what makes all of this very unique. And so same thing for DOS, we, we wanted to create, take this technology uh, uh, um, that that one day, as I said earlier, that everybody will be using, but it's, it's tailored specific to what we are attempting to accomplish for our brand and model. I want everybody, when they think real estate, when they think home, when they think servicing, when they think buying, renting and selling, we want them to think DOS around the world hmm. because yeah. there, there are no limitations for us other than getting to the point. Cause you said something very, very, very uh, uh, interesting. The technology is there. Technology is always ahead of humans. The task is for the founders, leaders of these technologies to be a phenomenal orator to bring the human quicker towards the technology. Are we doing a good job talking to the people that are going to use it? That that was the beauty of what Steve Jobs was and represented. Mm. No matter where Steve Jobs fan or not, he did a great job of this Venn diagram of taking where we were, where we want to go, and where we are. How do we transition people? And I don't know if we really understand the art and science behind transitioning people to get them to mm. understand. What we are doing or attempting to do to make their lives easier. And mm-hmm. if we did a better job of that, I, I think that this industry would actually move further. Not out mm-hmm. in, in out, and do a much better job of transitioning the consumer
0: what were some of the transitional moments for you then over the last 5 years you mentioned that the technology at the time wasn't fantastic customer behavior hadn't caught up what were some of those moments over the last 5 years where you've had to either work hard at transitioning people or work hard at the technology front or you know customer behavior is always difficult to change especially for a startup so what were some of those kind of like moments in time that really stick out to you over the last 5 years
1: you know you ask that question and it reminds me of Simon Sinek's video And Simon Sinek talked about TiVo and how it was a beautiful technology, but how they explained it wrong. And and Mm -hmm. again, this is, you know, please look that up. These aren't my words. It was very, very interesting how he talked about how they were pitching it versus how if he were to turn that around. And he talked about the golden circles of what, why, how. And most of us start, that I had to come to realize, Kane, because this is a great question. We were talking about what DOS is. Mm. We weren't talking enough about why. So they said, so what's, what's DOS? Well, DOS is. And you're like, <laughs> why? Who, why? We don't start at why. We have to start at the most difficult, fuzziest place So what I'm saying to you, to your your question was, is that our messaging was horrible in the early, early days. Our messaging was horrible. We kept talking about what and how, but people wanted to understand why do I need this? Hmm. Why do I need voice technology? I keep hearing this buzz about it. Why do I even need it? Why should I entertain it? Why? We had to go to why. And and, and Simon said he was spot on. And I watched that video a million times. And my business partner had to go sit down and go to the the drawing board and really massage and, and, and master the why of DOS. And that answer is so simple. And really it's to make people's lives easier and to save them both money and time. Okay. Well, how do you do that? Glad you asked. Now we're working backwards. Why? Well, how do you do that? Well, we do that by giving people an awesome experience. We do that by better centralizing, democratizing, and humanizing data like never done before in the real estate industry. Okay. Now what is DOS? I'm glad you asked because that's the last ring. DOS is an intelligent personal assistant for the real estate industry. We have to take a why, how, what approach. Everybody's going backwards and it confuses people. Therefore, it stagnates the transition period. It, it, it stifles, it delays it, that, that, that uh, trajectory.
0: Interesting. That is very well put. Um, and I think probably a f- perfect place to end the conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Bobby, for joining us. This has been... Immense. I think what I've really enjoyed about this conversation is usually we spend time sometimes dwelling on technology and sometimes getting really deep into technology and we can talk really heavily about technology. But what I've kind of made a bit of a pledge to do over this year is to spend time more with enterprises implementing it and get lessons from those and to find other instances where the technology is being utilized for different effects and different outcomes. So I think the conversation today has been much more about about that why and about the how, and not so much about the what exactly. and the cobbins. So I think that, you know, and especially a topic that, that I, I love anyway is real estate. So i really enjoyed, you know, traversing the whole kind of landscape of the the real estate landscape and why it's ripe for disruption and why a solution like DOS is, you know, hopefully, as it is proven, going to be a, a massive success. So thank you so much for for joining us. Hey,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Where can, people, where can people go to check it out? Askdos.com, did you say? Yes. Askdos.com. I'll stick it you can on download here. the
1: app same way. You can search on both iOS and Android, uh, askdos.com.
0: Nice. Wicked. And any other any other kind of like call to actions that you would put out there? Any any other links or anything like that?
1: You, you know, uh, um, visit us on, on Twitter. Follow us. Uh, same thing on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, we, we would love to engage Uh uh, th- this is a process, uh, you know, uh, conversational AI, communication, language is a very, very dynamic thing, uh, uh, you know, just in the states. I mean, from Alabama to California to Boston to, you know, New York. I mean, people talk different. And, and when we build these solutions, we have to build it for all people, you know, uh, 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 you know, black, Hispanic women, kids, we, we have to build a non-biased solution um and 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 with that being said we we have to have a very very diverse team of developers uh and designers that could meet all people at their individual point of need and kane i just want to say thank you again for this opportunity and have an opportunity to share uh on your platform thank you
0: no worries it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much i'm genuinely a fan i've been following dos and yourself for a long time um you know, honoured enough to have had some demos throughout the years, and and kind of saw the progress and stuff like that. And I think that where you've got it now, it's just ripe. It's an industry that's ripe for disruption. It's a technology that is ready for for this kind of uh, use case. And I think that it's uh, yeah, it's a perfect perfect match. So uh, yeah, thanks so for. Nice thanks so much and thank you all for tuning in apologies if we didn't get to all of the questions uh, we will try and do so next time but I think the flow of the conversation was going uh, going in certain directions um, tomorrow I think we might be doing it tomorrow we'll have to see we may have a cancellation but we'll be speaking to Lumenbox uh, about voice biometrics and speech recognition potentially tomorrow or if you miss that one or if that doesn't go ahead in the end we'll have Disruptal on the podcast next week and Voxable so Disruptal I don't know Bobby if you've come across Disruptal before for. Yeah. I What's really interesting about disruptor is that, you know, you're you're taking real estate um Data and making that more accessible. What Disruptor is doing is taking video-based content and making (laughs) that more accessible. So think about watching like Netflix or something like that, and James Bond is on or whatever, and you want to ask what jacket is James Bond wearing. Ah. Disruptor are building technology that will allow you to do that. So it's basically like a mixture of natural language and computer vision working together to enhance entertainment experiences. And and there's an e-commerce angle to it as well, which is uh, really interesting
1: that is really interesting yeah we, we we're realizing some phenomenal things with image recognition ourselves that go above and beyond uh, uh the, the the traditional search features so to be able to read each picture and think about where i'm at right now glass you know steel you, you know image recognition with voice is is very very powerful
0: mm, you had the use case which is looking at like you were doing like uh, search refinements based on like certain colored yeah. kitchens and all that wasn't it
1: Exactly. You could say, you you know, white kitchen cabinets. If you really want, you know, I want a red front door, white kitchen cabinets. I want a vaulted ceiling with, you you know, uh, dark wood floors on a quiet street. Like, these are things we want to do for people, right? Nice
0: yeah nice wicked wicked so yeah so do check that out if if you are all available next week and uh yeah thank you again bobby do check out dos askdos.com and follow at askdos now on all the socials until next time see you later
1: thank you